We're joined this morning by the Sangamon County Director of Public Health, Gail O'Neill, and the county's medical director, Dr. Vidya Sunduration. Uh, thanks to both of you for being here. I know these are such busy times for both of you. really appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to talk to us. Uh, we'd like to start uh, talking about testing uh, a little bit. Uh, for, for weeks, we had a situation where there were literally dozens of outstanding tests for which we were awaiting results. And now that backlog appears to be at zero, according to the information being sent out every day. We don't have a pending test backlog there, uh, but the testing numbers seem to be fluctuating. Earlier this week, we only had seven tests come back in a day. Yesterday, it was 38 tests coming back. Uh, are, are we testing enough and are we getting the, the results in a way that are, are really beneficial to help us get a handle on where we are with the virus locally? Good morning. The testing is um, a little bit deceiving on our charts because we, we can only use the information that we get. Um, it's, it's a lot better than it was. All the medical facilities, St. John's uh, Memorial, um, Springfield Clinic, send us their, their test results every day. Um, in the beginning, we had were able at the health department to kind of order some tests for people so we knew how many um, of tests we had approved. Right now, we don't really know how many tests are being performed at the hospitals and the medical facilities. We know what their test results are. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. We were able to report that in the beginning. So each day they're sending us positives and negatives, but we don't know what the grand total is. And uh, do we feel like the testing numbers are sufficient at this point? One of the complaints we're hearing from Governor J.B. Pritzker, from governors around the country, is we just don't have enough testing uh, to really know for sure where we are with this. From your perspective locally, uh, should we be doing more testing and what's stopping us from doing more? Well, one of the things we have, we're fortunate here in Springfield area that we have um, the two respiratory centers that are set up on South 6th Street and on MacArthur Boulevard. And in the beginning, they were very uh, busy and a little overwhelmed. Now they're being used on a, a regular basis and seem to have the capacity to um, meet the demands that we would have at this time. The people that are still being tested, however, are ones that do have symptoms. It's just not that you or I could go and say, we just want to know and have a test. These are tests of people who um, are still symptomatic. You want to go ahead, Vidya? Yeah, so this is uh, Vidya Sandration. Uh, I do want to add that uh, the hospitals, too, uh, for inpatient testing, they are looking at uh, different uh, uh, tests that are available now. So we do have an increased uh, capacity and capability to test uh, for inpatients as well. And for outpatients, like uh, Gail was mentioning, uh, the uh, respiratory clinics uh, do have um, uh, quite a good capacity. Again, these are all just symptomatic patients, so we don't uh, know what the uh, uh, prevalence is in asymptomatic. Uh, more testing is always good, uh, but uh, we haven't gotten a, a good number of those asymptomatic people who may be harboring the virus. And, and now today we're starting a drive-through testing site in conjunction with Walgreens at their former location on North 9th Street. Uh, tell us about that and uh, what what's different about, about this and, and will that uh, be a meaningful contribution to the fight against the virus? Well, I think anything that we could do to try to get as many people tested as possible will be helpful. This is the one that's a little bit different. Um, the tests, I believe, are pretty much the same. Um, it will be at no cost to the patient or their insurance. Um, we'll be curious to see. They still people can't just drive up and get the test. I mean, it, they have to be screened first um, online or with uh, and have some illnesses. They're trying to prioritize 
the um, healthcare workers and the first responders and people with symptoms. Their test results, as well as ours, are coming back a lot faster than they were before. So this testing um, is to come back within one to two days. So, and I think ours is pretty much doing that now here in the community. And as Lydia said, um, the hospitals are gearing up to be able to do some additional testing as well. So I think we'll, we'll have an opportunity to see how this goes. The more tests, the better. And the Walgreens site, it's described as a self-administered nasal swab. Can, can you explain that? Because it was our understanding that the, the nasal swab for this, you have to kind of work that, uh, part, pardon the graphic nature so early in the morning, but you have to kind of work that way up in, into your nose, and people are supposed to do that on their own? Is that how I understand this working? <laughs> So, uh, yes, the, uh, the best way to get the specimen is a nasal pharyngeal, which means you go up the nose all the way to the nasal pharynx and get a specimen. And it's a, a pretty uncomfortable uh, a way to get the specimen. So it's, it's almost always better if somebody else gets it uh, rather than uh, self-administered. But uh, what I'm seeing here is that this is a nasal swab. There have been um, tests which are approved for uh, nasal swab, not quite the nasopharyngeal uh, specimen. Um, the sensitivity seems to be uh, pretty good, but we'll have to see uh, how many uh, false positives or false negatives. I'd really be worried about the false negatives in, in situations where the specimen is not collected properly. Um, so uh, from, from the information we have here right now, it says it's still a nasal swab. Uh, that that uh, that's what they will be using there. Gail, uh, not a nasal. Gail O'Neill is with us, the public health director, and Dr. Vidya Sundaration, the Sangamon County medical director. Uh, we had our fourth uh, fatality here in Sangamon County recorded yesterday. Uh, a gentleman in his 90s who passed away at HSHS St. John's Hospital. We're now almost four weeks into the statewide stay-at-home order. So, do we have any idea how this gentleman in his 90s? might have contracted this virus? Or are, are you able to go back and sort of look at uh, when, when uh, people come down with this, where they may have gotten it from? That's a big part of what we do when we contact positive cases is to try to talk to them or their family in this case. And I know some of that started yesterday. I don't know if his, since he is deceased, that, you know, we can't get any reporting from him, but his family may be able to provide us some guidance on that. So that's kind of how we, we start the investigation, because truly we do try to figure out where it came from and who else may have been exposed. Uh, one of the reasons I ask is because there's been a, a, a growing concern, and we know in other parts of the state it's been a huge problem of uh, outbreaks in nursing homes and other congregate settings. And fortunately, we haven't really seen that here in Sangamon County as of yet. Uh, but, but how concerned are you about the possibility of having an outbreak like that in that kind of a residential setting? We're very concerned about that, and we have been all along. I believe our local long-term care facilities and assisted living facilities have had, basically had their residents in a lockdown status, no visitors, no un unessential people coming in for several months now. I think they're, they've really taken this seriously, and that could be why we're fortunately haven't seen any um, big problems here. We're kind of always on the lookout um, to make sure that doesn't happen. But as we um, are going, we kind of are – count our blessings every day about that, and we keep sending out um, personal protective equipment as best we can when it comes in, especially targeting the nursing homes. 
Uh, one of the questions we ask uh, just about every time we're on the air with you is about how we're doing at our hospitals, both in terms of bed capacity and PPE, personal protective equipment. Can you give us an update on the status at our medical facilities? Um, I think we're in the green in terms of uh, bed capacity, ventilators, as well as PPE. We're, we're good for now in, in both the hospitals. Uh, all the healthcare workers are, um, when you enter the hospital, you, uh, temperatures checked, and, and when they go into work, um, a mask and eye protection is required when you're in the direct patient care area. Um, so I think uh, everybody has, has those on. Uh, is that is because I know there was a point not that long ago where we were really concerned about whether we might in, in fact uh, be reaching our capacity here. Is that just a sign that uh, four weeks of stay-at-home orders and social distancing has has really done its job? Well, it seems like it has because part of the social distancing, and you know, the the topic was and the description was to flatten the curve a little bit, and that was really for people, but also for the medical community. We didn't want to just keep letting this brew in the community and suddenly, you know, lots and lots of people were sick and seeking health care because of the, um, you know, the self-isolation and, and the um, procedures we've put in place. It appears that it's working here so that there's just, if there's sick people, they're not coming in all at once. It's a gradual situation. So our hospitals, we're fortunate here, seem to be um, able to handle this. They kind of report on our daily um, news release of how many people they have in the hospital um, either as a confirmed case or a person that's um, under investigation. And uh, so those aren't always Salmon County Air residents, but it does let you know that there's a few in the hospital. And those numbers have been holding pretty steady, and that's going to lead us to when we come back after news, uh, next uh, series of questions about starting to reopen things and maybe gradually lift some of these restrictions. You've been hearing politicians talk about it, but we want to hear the public health professionals talk about it. Gail, I had a question for you that's only kind of coronavirus related. The Sangamon County Department of Public Health has a lot of responsibilities year round, and I know this has been the, the dominant issue. Does the department get to do all the other things you you usually do, restaurant inspections and and things like that, and immunizations? How has this impacted other aspects of uh, public health department operations? We've been trying to keep as many of them um, working as possible. One thing that's helped with the restaurant inspections, which we're still doing, is that many of the restaurants are closed. Uh, The ones that are still open doing drive-up service, we're still inspecting and talking to them and seeing what they need. Um, with immunization clinics, we have prioritized that we need to give the, the littlest children the uh, vaccines for two-month vaccinations, TB tests so healthcare workers can go to work, and kind of streamlines that down so that we don't have that many people coming in for that. Our WIC program that sees moms and babies, all those appointments right now are being done on, on the phone, which has helped. They like that kind of uh, quite a bit. And then their um, card that allows them to go shopping is brought out to the card for them. Um, and they drive up, and then they get their – it used to be coupons, but now it's a debit card. So that's still going on. The, um, the We do a lot of case management and different programs with the young moms and babies, and those are being done over the phone. So we really have a lot of our programs haven't been greatly affected other than, you know, losing the face-to-face contact. So I can't think of any services that really have been um, shut down. They may be slow because everybody's slow in the community and not wanting to go out, but we're still able to, fortunately – um, provide our services and everybody that's not too terribly busy is helping pitch in with 
distributing PPE. We got a whole bunch of people that have ta- a little bit of time with company cars that'll deliver um, some more PPE to the nursing homes today, and they help us with the hotline and anything else that we need to get done. So we're uh, doing quite well. We're, we're just about out of time here, only about 30 seconds left. What's your last word from, from both of you for people uh, who are getting a little frustrated, a little impatient, want to know uh, when the end is in sight for this? Okay, we got one message that we do want to share and have you help us get out, and I'll just start it and let Vidya finish, is we don't want people to forget about their other health conditions. I mean, we're all COVID-focused, but people need to take care of themselves, all their other physical needs. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, if there are um, uh, other medical conditions that need attention, absolutely contact your uh, healthcare provider. They should not be ignored uh, because, you know, you don't want to get sick with the other things which are already uh, chronic or or the other comorbidities which are already present. You definitely want to take care of those as well. Definitely seek out um, uh, your uh, uh, providers to to make sure that those are addressed uh, as they should be.